0: Okay, so we are recording. Oh, yeah, cool. I see the waveform. Dap, dap, dap. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's totally that was my test. <laughs>
1: Your are uh, Archer losing his hearing. Yeah. Mop. 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 <laughs> <laughs> you Guys, it's everything. going really well so far. I'm very
2: You've ruined the world. We are professionals just, in the film
0: industry. You poisoned the world. <laughs> sorry it's a line from the first uh from the spider-man one movie video game <laughs> what? What? and there's this stupid mission where you go into oscorp and if you fail the guy's like no you poison the world okay so <laughs> that's a tangent you
2: know that
0: Be- because it's the movie podcast and that game was based off the movie
1: <laughs> there you go it's based off uh a, really an american classic <laughs> yeah
0: Spider-Man One video game. <laughs> yeah.
1: Spider-Man won the movie, the game. Yeah, dude, it had <laughs> Tobey
0: Maguire doing his voice, and then um, what what's his face?
1: Oh, they got him. They actually got yeah, yeah, they totally
0: did. And then well, who is uh, what's his? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking right now, but you know what's his? Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell does the voice of the narration in the tutorial. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> so he's like telling you what to do, except he's totally like straight up Bruce Campbell about it. <laughs> so at one point he's like, yeah, well, you learn how to swing. I'm going to go eat a sandwich. <laughs> and then the next he's tutorial. Like, when you
1: get your hand cut off and need a chainsaw for a hand, yeah.
0: get back to and me. In the next tutorial, he's eating the sandwich. <laughs> what? I need to go back and play that game.
1: <laughs> what is that even on?
0: Um, I played it on the GameCube. So a little reference for time right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's how old we are.
1: Anyways, um, so I guess this is our uh, Untitled Movie Podcast. Yes. As of now.
2: That, um, should, so we could... that should just be the official name, Untitled Movie Podcast. Movie
1: yeah, it'll be movies. immensely popular until it gets rebranded by some major studio, I'm sure. Groovy
0: Movie Podcast. Groovy Movies. No? All right.
1: Try it. <laughs> podcast the Movie Volume 1? <laughs> How,
0: a... How about another podcast podcast? About white guys talking about movies featuring a black guy. <laughs>
1: featuring, <laughs> featuring
2: one black guy. Well, let's be honest, like 1.3 black guys. Yes. Uh, Is there nothing about me that's black?
0: No. Uh,
2: the struggle. I watched Sister Sister as a kid all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Just I mean... I mean, yeah. <laughs> Alright,
0: so, so what, uh, <laughs> do we do like an intro? Card. or?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say. So for anybody who doesn't know, my name is Andrew. Um, I did a year's worth of movie reviews every single day with my brother and sister called Sibling Cinema. Uh,
0: my name is Brian. I am an active stunt performer in the movie sphere, but I am somewhat of an amateur and still getting my roots. But I am also a visual storytelling major that went to art school in Atlanta. I like your NPR voice Thanks, So I was totally—I <laughs> was—I was straight up going for NPR voice. <laughs> Coming up next, Tiny Desk. Con-
2: okay, whatever. <laughs> Mitski on Tiny
1: Desk. Life goals.
2: <laughs> and I am Graham Hughes. I am a working VFX artist in LA. I'm currently um, a VFX supervisor on a Netflix original series due to be released later this year.
1: Awesome. So uh what I just heard uh via the grapevine is that you two are much more successful than I am in basically every metric.
2: (laughs) I mean if you want to put it that way. I I do. do. (laughs) Shade in here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just nodding awkwardly like "Ah, it's
1: like, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but you Uh, have a dog.
2: You're also you're also That's married true. and like a family man and all this stuff. Truth. Mm. Uh, yes. We scrapping. Yeah, scrapping. I mean, <laughs> we
1: scrapping. We, <laughs> we can't all be perfect. Um, so really, we're just a a, a bunch of you know, real hardcore story geeks, movie geeks, mm. um, that. Usually, spend most of our time together when we do get together, uh, standing in random people's kitchens <laughs> drinking and talking about film. Yes, in the kitchening, uh, it so we just thought it might be good to get, get together and, um, and talk about the things we know, and maybe someone is interested.
0: Yeah, and I think what, what a cool thing we're going to try to bring to the table with this podcast, too, is, is instead of just like give a general, like, this sucks and this is great. We're like, we're going to actually try to like like give something back with it. And, you know, more of like a critique and analysis of why things work, why things don't work and, and how they could be better or, you know, different takes on, you know,
1: and, Definitely. And I'm really hoping to get some, uh, I mean, some more input from you guys. Cause I'm just, you know, I'm a professional critic. Uh, you know, I'm a podcast producer uh, <laughs> in that, in that really my job is just to stand there and tell, take something that someone has made, this beautiful thing that someone has made, and be like, hey, let's change that. <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Versus, like, the creative side of it where we're going to be like, hmm.
1: <laughs> Yeah, where you guys are, you know, actually out there day-to-day doing stuff and, and making things and being awesome. So, like, I'm really excited to get your guys' input on, like, you know, on, on you know, as, many, as many ideas as I have sitting around going, hey, this, is, this would be great if this movie did this. You guys are going, well, yeah, but you can't. <laughs> Bunch of reasons. That's truth. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what i'm looking forward to like like brian for like you um i know yes. that that you're uh you're presently in la on your way to an undisclosed movie set for the next several months i mm-hmm. think yep I'm gonna be there till may oh, am i allowed to say that i sure.
0: might i might have just broken NDA. <laughs> <laughs> I, doubt that counts. I, I doubt it counts yeah but yeah yeah so, so yeah, yeah keep going sorry
1: so aside from your your stunt work that you do um you are also like you said a visual storytelling major is a visual storytelling
0: yeah it was i mean i went to school for sequential art which is a, a really fancy way of saying comics but while learning i, I tell my friends i went to comics hogwarts because that's really <laughs> what it felt like you know when your classes are like inking advanced inking and like <laughs> things like that and um, but in doing that, we learned a lot about, you know, basically telling a story through sequenced pictures, and a lot of the things we learned um, apply to film. Uh, so watching movies now, uh, and television, uh, after my college experience was incredibly different. Even, like, the other thing, like, there's so many things, like, inking and coloring, actually, that I didn't think would affect like my view on film and TV, and they totally do, because of like, knowing how to use contrast, and uh draw focus and how to use color to tell a story not just to make it look pretty other reasons why concept artists don't make the best comic book artists no offense to them (laughs) um but yeah yeah
2: so yeah well i mean storytelling is universal regardless of the medium especially visual storytelling is going to have a lot of the same characteristics yeah true
1: yeah, and absolutely. That's actually kind of what I wanted to talk to you about today, because um, uh, obviously nobody that nobody that listens to this, very few people that are listening to this, are going to know that that Brian, along with your with your stunt work, you also do that visual art. You do, uh, you know, you draw comic books. You have a you have representation in the in the comic book world as far as professional representation, uh, and you're actually working uh, presently on a a comic book slash uh, is is it really a pitch for for animation that kind of thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm putting together a pitch right now for a graphic novel series, hopefully potentially an animated series, although that one requires a lot more time and money. But um, that yeah, yeah, that's definitely what I'm going for because that's kind of like. But my... like
1: I remember, I remember before you uh before you left Seattle, you had you had come to me and we talked a little bit about you know um the overall arc of the story and things like this, and you were kind of concerned about. Um, this about, you're like, you're like, okay, so here's the story and things like this. And obviously then you're like, no offense, you're a little bit down on yourself, a little down on yourself in points being like, being like, well, this happens. And then obviously this happens. And then you're like, you're like, I want to do this. I really want to do this. I feel like this works for this character, but I feel like it's something that's been done before and I don't want to like be predictable or be cliche in any kind of way. Um, and I, I think what I, what I was, the basic point I was trying to get across is that, is that all stories are the same. Yes. Like. And, and
0: <laughs> so that's a, I think, oh man, so this is a good point because um, the funny thing with that story is, it's, yeah, it's more about like the emotional setups and payouts between the characters than it is about like the, me trying to like reinvent the wheel in terms of how the like, the adventure goes. Like it's an adventure story. <clears throat> so for all most for all accounts it's an adventure story yeah. um and so exactly what you were saying like you know all stories are the same and it's just i think the scariest part about that is where we are right now in like this like weird post information age where there's so much media and so much media that people have consumed that to do something it, it's it's weird how often people will say like oh well they'll 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 talk as if they're pointing out a a fact about a movie or something but really they're just pointing out like the, sorry they talk as if they're pointing out a flaw so yeah. they're like oh ooh after act 1 was act 2 and you know it's yeah. like yeah yeah it was obviously that's, that's, that's how movies work yeah that's how they work and i've noticed that something that's it's become a slight point of frustration to me i feel kind of hipster about it where i get i get upset when people try really hard to tear things apart but in a way where they're just analyzing how it's put together and yeah. it's like that's not a flaw you're just you can see it you know you know it's not the paint hasn't chipped away The code you, in the matrix right yeah. you just see the code you know congratulations
2: i got that a lot when people were um tearing apart like um force awakens yes. after oh, it came out. Wow. yeah everybody's saying like well it's just uh it's a new hope all over again it's basically the same story it's like well nope duh yeah like, obviously a <laughs> uh, new hope is like the epitome of the hero's journey story like it's it's, it's exactly. the classic hero's yeah. journey. and then ironically i think like, I, s- I
0: saw this the other way around with with rogue one where everyone's like it was different and i was like you guys didn't see all the things that were wrong about it but whatever you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it was different. yeah but that's
1: that's <laughs> exactly the 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 point that i made and it really got me upset because you know i'm a big star wars geek like more like i'm i mean i know graham is a big is I don't want to call you out as a big Trekkie, but because you're not like a go to <laughs> conventions, dress up like people.
2: I uh, mean, I have spent the last month and a half watching Deep Space Nine and Voyager back to back, so I think. Well, that's, that's just
1: preparation for the Trump presidency, I think. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and the war with the yep. Dominion. Oh Damn, Trump counter. That's no, good. <laughs> <laughs> um but like that was what got me upset when people were talking about episode 7. They were like, "Oh, it's this exact remake of a new hope." And I'm like, "No. I, I mean, d- okay, so so two things, one in world and two out of world as far as in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So one, the force works cyclically. It always works cyclically. It is trying to balance itself across the universe, which is why Anakin did bring balance to the force. Yeah. He the force was all positive. There was uh, there was the Sith, the one Sith that still existed was in hiding.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and Anakin brought the number of Jedi, the number of live Jedi and the number of live Sith into balance. And that was essentially his, his goal, um, or the force's goal. So the force works cyclically. It keeps doing these same stories over and over, over thousands of years in different directions, trying to balance, keep itself balanced. So if you want to talk about repetition in the star Wars universe, that's an in universe reason why that works. Yeah. Uh, out of universe, you're, you're exactly right. The hero's journey, uh, Graham. Yeah. That, that can't, uh, was that, that was Kant that did that. Um,
2: Wait, who? I think... Just Kant. Con-
1: oh, Campbell. Yes, Campbell. Um, but Campbell was talking about the hero's journey, and he was like, you know, if you go to a book, a textbook today, mm-hmm. made since 1977, and you learn about the hero's journey, the definitive hero's journey, the very first thing that comes up in any textbook, the very first actual... Uh, actual property that comes up in the hero's journey. Wikipedia article yeah. is star Wars, a new hope.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It is, it is the literal definition of a hero's journey. Right. So yeah, if you're going to keep that, I mean, I understand you can critique JJ Abrams about his mystery box that he does <laughs> yeah. and, you know the, the kind of formulaic things that he does, but you know, it's like, it's like, yeah, you can't really escape that when you're talking about the textbook iteration of a universal ideal yeah
0: i think uh yeah it was it was weird for me too because it's like one of those things where i'm even like willing to admit like yeah it was very similar um my whole thing that kind of made me mad is how for some reason that became a reason for why like that became a fault um yeah because for, for me it really goes it, it goes down to a te- intention uh it goes down to the artist's intention Um, if, if an artist, if if someone painted something, uh, if they painted a picture of a beautiful landscape and they're like, my intention for this is to highlight the beauty of the American landscape. But then someone looked at it and said, this sucks because there's no space. You know, or, or th- this sucks because there's no there's no uh, dinosaurs. It's we've like, already
2: we've already seen this landscape in a right. Bunch of times it, it's before. like okay, cool.
0: There's no dinosaurs. How is that a fault when the artist had no intention for there to be dinosaurs? And so <laughs> I, I see that with big movies where it's like people are like, oh, this was dumb because it was a repeat. And it's like, yeah, like it it was very repetitive. And if you sit and I feel like if and if you were just to ask why, you know, why was it like that? There's plenty of good answers you can even just make up. Probably like, oh there's you know this is a reboot of star wars essentially this is a new star wars for people who haven't seen the old ones and like it there's plenty of reasons you can justify it with but i I find it strange how how quick so many people were just like nah like
2: this this is wrong (laughs) and and i I, I don't know i found it strange
0: um
2: yeah. yeah like one of the other criticisms i heard a lot too is that like they didn't try to do that much new with it anymore because there's like like oh it's all the same ships like they still have x-wings and all this stuff and Mm i was like like this is what 20 years later would you really expect them to have like an entirely new fleet of vehicles yeah. and i mean like millennium falcon's supposed to be what like hundreds of years old or something right and when they tried to do that people hated it no one no one exactly. talks about new starfighters anymore yeah right. <laughs> that's
1: exactly that's exactly what comes to mind when people talk about that they're like like you got a load of new fancy modern sleek stuff it was and it was you know what 35 years before the first movie uh, or before episode four. And you're like, wait, that doesn't make sense at all. Like, why is everything newer? Like, like why does everything look like it's from the year 1999 when this movie came out in 1999? No, you don't get it. The
2: empire made everything rust. <laughs> that's true that's true
1: the empire took over and went hey i know you've got these sleek like mercedes-benz designed starfighters but you need to like go around to this corellian frigate for a couple days like no it didn't like it didn't happen but that's one of the things that like i absolutely loved about rogue one is that rogue one is so hardcore production design straight like it was shot in 1977
2: yeah, they've still got all like the buttons and everything, and the Death Star control room. That's a really good point.
1: Exactly, and and if you don't, if you guys don't know why, um, the fact is, a lot of that movie was shot in 1977. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys heard about this. Did you guys hear about this?
2: No. I mean, I know they so, reused some footage and like exactly
1: Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards went into the vault, went into the um the Skywalker Ranch vault, or essentially the, the ILM vault, and got a lot of original footage from a new hope. Hmm. Um like like if you look, the uh the red leader and red leader and gold leader are the original red oh, leader I did and gold hear leader that. from yeah, nineteen seventy seven. Some...
0: Okay, that's cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty
1: cool. The dope. the Star Destroyer and the Death Star models are. Uh, or the films and the, the the shots in the film are on the original Death Star and Super Star Destroyer models. That's cool. So that's why they look so ridiculously realistic. That's awesome. All, but all of the production design is consistent. Everything's consistent. Um, Matt Colville from uh, uh, he's one of the video game writers for Evolve. He also runs d and D channel. But Matt Colville basically said you could run you could run Rogue One and then immediately go into a New Hope. And it would just fit perfectly, like you could just do a double feature, and you'd be like, "Yes, this is the same movie, like, <laughs> of course."
2: I mean, to a degree, and I just, <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, to a degree. But I really respected that because it just, I mean, as much as, as much as stylistically, like emotionally, with the with the wipes and everything, Seven felt like uh, Force Awakens felt like Star Wars. It yeah. really did. Yeah, uh, it, it felt like Star Wars just spiritually with the camera pans and the swipes and, and stylistically it felt like it, but like, like, I don't know, on an emotional level and on an experiential level beyond nostalgia, like, like being transported back to a place to me, Rogue One felt a lot more like star Wars than, than anything else I've seen since the original trilogy or Ridge Tridge.
2: Um, yeah, I, w- I would agree. Um, particularly like at the end of the movie, you know, the entire build-up towards the end felt very Star Wars. Um, but, you know, that said, they did have a very, like, on-the-ground war feel for most of it, which is not like anything we've ever seen in a Star Wars movie before. And that was, oh, I thought, true. one of its strengths. But, like, yeah, they, they really, um, the last, like, 20 minutes of the movie, when they're, like, driving towards the finale and you see all these characters that, you know, yeah. are about to become important. You know that was extremely well done, and that's where I think a lot of that production design was really paid off in a great way. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> yeah, and it was crazy because, like, I mean, like you said, I guess, I guess you're right. I mean, now that I think about it, it is a lot of stuff we haven't seen before. Yeah, in in Star Wars, but I mean, I I I worship at the altar of Gareth Edwards because I <laughs> love because uh, I mean, I love Monsters. Monsters is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, it was one of the first movies I wrote about in sibling cinema in our year of year of movies project. Uh, and it's just, it it holds a place in my heart, but like, he just does so much with, with what he has and he can take basically anything. He can take a team of essentially amateur writers. I mean, I don't know if you've looked at the writing credits of Rogue One and and Rogue One obviously had, had its problems in the writing department. Um, I mean, Vader made a pun. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I mean, a joke, Vader. Vader. I have an opinion
2: about that, but yeah. I I didn't hate <laughs> okay. that. The, the only thing um, I really didn't
0: enjoy in the movie was the I, I didn't feel as strongly attached to the characters as I wanted to. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, And definitely. so at the end, when like they all kind of started, you know, spoiler alert, a spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the movie at this point. Um, so like at the end of the movie, when they kind of started getting picked off one by one, that that was when it really started hitting me um, because I didn't feel myself. Truly caring about uh, the characters, I was looking at. Um, so, like a uh, good comparison, I, I have in terms of feeling is um, <clears throat> the first J.J. J. Abrams Star Trek movie, or uh, like or a Pixar movie, where I feel very very attached to the characters to a point where like I'm immediately empathizing with their situation. Oh, but man. in Rogue One, I felt it in a weird way. I, I didn't. Um, mainly with Jin. Um yeah. Like, I wanted to like her a lot more than I... Like, it's not even on a like level. I liked Jin. I liked her character. I liked her story. Um, I just had this weird thing where I didn't, I didn't feel like I got her as much as I was supposed to. So mm-hmm. a lot of her decisions, I, I understood them logically. But it was hard for me to
2: empathize with her. A big part of that, too, is that, like she her character didn't have a lot of agency in the movie like mm-hmm. she was mostly she was moved around by the people and the situations yes not pretty much against her will for most of the movie until the one point where she actually gets a choice and she you know does her valiant speech and everything and suddenly it's like wait where did this come from right like she did yeah. a kind of 180 after basically being forced through this movie mm-hmm. up to this point yeah, I, well, yeah, she kind of literally does that, and um, I, I have a weird thing
0: with the movie though, uh, with the because I, I talked about this with a, with a friend about that, and uh, my my little joke thing that I I, I, I do this thing with the movie where if, if there's something I don't enjoy about it, I always think like what would I would have done, you know, if I was put in the driver's seat and not like in a I would have done this because I'm not even trying to say making movies is easy, yeah. but um, but one thing I thought I would have uh, enjoyed to see actually is if uh, is if Cassian wasn't in the movie, yeah, <laughs> and if Jin was Cassian's character and her character put together.
2: That would be interesting. Um, So
0: then, like, she was this, like, I'm a cold-blooded, I do whatever I want. I don't, you know, fuck everybody. I look out for myself. And then when she learns her dad's, like, alive, then she's like, oh. And then she kind of turns around. Because I felt more attached. Like... Yeah, I don't know. I I I felt like I got Cassian more than I got her sometimes.
2: I agree with that the two of them together make one pretty compelling character. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I totally mm-hmm. believe that. But like Cassian by himself, like he was sort of one note, mm-hmm. and like he made some decisions, but you never really understood what the motivation for those decisions was. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, he gets into it, but yeah, I'm yeah.
1: Just... But I really like. I, I mean, there's there's a couple explanations for that. I mean, if you want to go, if you want to go meta about it, I mean, really, it's part of it is they shot. Three movies, right? <laughs> I remember hearing
0: this.
1: Yeah, yeah. With all of their reshoots, all of the reshoots, and and like what what Mads Mikkelsen was saying, there are and Ben Mendelsohn was saying there are several different versions of that movie, and they're kind of just doing their best to get the Fair. best movie they can out. Yeah. So like, and the perfect example for that is is have you guys watched the initial trailers, like the first two trailers? Have you watched them again since you've seen? I, the I
0: have actually. um I Do did. you know about yeah.
1: that? Did you re- realize something?
0: Yeah, that they're completely different. Yeah.
1: There is none of those trailers yeah. in the movie. None That's
0: actually it. one of my big, that was one of my issues with, with my, my viewing experience. I don't even want to say it's with the movie as much as with how I felt watching it because I remember those trailers and those trailers kind of set me up for a movie that I didn't see. Um, I had, from what I had gathered from those trailers, I had put together this story in my head of what it looked like it was going to be about. And I I liked that idea better than what I saw. (laughs) Which makes me a little shitty because it's like, I can't judge the movie off of, you know, it's exactly what I was saying earlier. There were no dinosaurs. I can't judge it for not having dinosaurs. However, I was like, I thought there were going to be dinosaurs here.
1: (laughs) I think I get get what you're saying with uh, where earlier... Um, you were talking about not being able to invest in the characters, in particular Jin. Is that I think they just failed to Pixar you. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah, because Pixar does everything they can to to emotionally destroy and invest you in the first five minutes of a movie. They do, yeah. yeah. And and I see where the fly in and the fly in to um, to the. Oh, I forget their last name. Airso compound to the Airso compound and Ben Mendelson coming out in the menacingness of all that and 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 her mom dying and her running and hiding. I see where all of this is meant to be the pixar thing but it was kind of like i mean no no offense to the filmmaker but it was a little like hey guys look this is cool <laughs> right. this is this, this is, is why you're supposed to this be is to this cool character. this is star wars this is like you know it was doing all these things that that was trying to establish you know what the world is and what the backstory is but it was the backstory for everything instead of just like, Hey, here's the one character you're going to see for any amount of time. And here's why you should really care about them. Right. Because in star Wars, eh, I mean, everybody's parents died. Everybody. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We don't really care that your mom got shot in front of you. Unfortunately, because like, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, and that's, that's another thing that I was talking about. Like, uh, you know, every story is the same. It's like, how many stories are, how many stories are an orphan, uh, (laughs) an orphan, Goes to school and learns magic. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> the, um, I mean, it's like it's like Harry Potter. It's Star Wars. It's Name of the Wind. It's uh-huh. everything. Everything. Yeah. It's. I'm actually. I'm like. I'm really glad you
0: mentioned the the Pixar thing because I was thinking about. I I, I watched Finding Dory today, um, for the first time, and so I was like thinking about like structure stuff while watching it, because um, one thing I think Pixar does with when they Pixar people um, is in the very beginning they show the character they always it's usually a flashback but not just to be a flashback they usually try to show the moment like the event happened that made this character who they are for the rest of the movie like yeah. i've noticed they, like like Mar- monsters you does that amazingly where they they show why mike wazowski wants to be a scarer yeah and then the whole movie is him trying to be a scarer like 20 years later and so it's well, like 12 and um and i love that idea and so with with Rogue One, like they show that moment with Jin, um, well, they show like they kind of show the event, but they don't really capitalize on it in her from her perspective as much yeah. as I feel like they could have. And, like, all I'm saying is, like, add a little bit of resistance from her character. You know, like, have have Force Whitaker taking her out of that hole and her resisting. Yeah. You know, have her being like, no, I want to go see my mom. And him being like, your yeah. mom is dead. Like, that, like that. <laughs> like, a little bit of emotion just to really sell what yeah. she's got it, kind of going through.
1: And, it, yeah, yeah, and it, feels s- like, it feels like that movie could have been served for another 15 minutes. Just give me 15 more minutes. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. you see that event, like, that Pixar moment at the beginning, but you don't see, like, how it, personally affects her
0: yeah like you don't see how it transforms jen into who we see later yeah it's mostly shown
2: from the dad's perspective
0: right yeah and then that's all that you know that's like i I loved a little i saw a comparison thing that compared the scene with uh luke han luke and han breaking leia out of the Death Star mm-hmm. uh, and it, you know, they're like shooting and then like Leia's like, you call this a rescue? And Han's like, shut the hell up. You know, and like there's all this like banter and like, there's all this character in the action, like embedded in the action. Mm-hmm. And then like they show the scene with like Jin and Cassian fighting those stormtroopers and there's, the action is amazing. Yeah. But like they're, you know, they're kind of just shooting Um and like, you know, I was joking with a friend. Like, imagine if that scene—if if Jin was like the whole time was like, "Give me a gun, give me a gun," and he's like, "No," and she's like, "Give me a gun, no," like that would have been great, you know. And not—not not to like add in like Joss Whedon level jokes, um, but, but just more but that's just to what, exactly show what was like
1: missing from the prequels is yeah. that Star Wars the the original trilogy is legitimately funny.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like even yeah. In, even true. in the
1: worst times, in the movies, <laughs> even in the hardest times, it's legitimately entertaining and lighthearted, and that's why when you went to the prequels and it was all Shakespearean garbage, you were just like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> <laughs> it's so,
2: man, that's such a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's such a good point. Luke's best attempt at comic relief was Jar Jar, and R two D two being CGI and pulling ridiculousness. Wobble a dub dub. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's just, it's just clearly obvious that the genius of the Star Wars franchise is Lawrence Kasdan and not George Lucas. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, thank you, George Lucas, for failing to make a Flash Gordon movie so that we can have Star Wars. Right. But oh man! Thank you, Lawrence Kasdan, for making Star Wars good.
0: My favorite, like, little jokey moment from A New Hope, and I don't know why. Just as a kid, this one always killed me the most was when was when like Han and Luke are like saving Leia. And like they get into that firefight after um, when they're like pretending to have Chewie in the handcuffs, yeah. And then like they're like respond, and Han's like, "Oh no, we're good. Um, everything's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh we're, we're all good. fine here. We're all now. fine here. How are you? Like <laughs> it was just like
2: crashing and burning. Oh, like, and you
1: want to talk about total to keep... total homage to that moment. K two s o in the yeah in the com room. Oh, totally. Like,
2: yeah. I did yeah, K two
1: S O being like being like, "Thank God you're here." They went that. This isn't working, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. He's like, "Oh, oh no." <laughs> I loved k 2 so man. Like, oh, once again.
1: and you know, and, and what you want to talk about like when they get start getting picked off. Like the one that really hits, <sighs> yeah, yeah, yep. is Kate. That is, was is the one that got
2: me. That one got uh, him. Him and him he and, was the only one that got me in the movie. Like none of the rest of the characters, I really gave a shit about. But K-2SO. I care about Donnie Yen. character. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but he was great. Like man, and I know everyone's like, I don't care. Like I loved him, and then yeah. like,
0: and then like. When he when he got it, it was like subsequently I cared about the other Chinese guy, but that's just cause like I think I've been hanging out with my friend Liz too much and I just sort of like I like shipped him. <laughs> and so I was like I was like Kiss him! <laughs>
1: and I was like, why did I think that? Like... <laughs> so, so, yeah. It's... Oh, yeah, but, like, uh, I mean, that's exactly the thing. You could have used a little more time of investment for each of those people. Yeah. But I understand they're trying to make a tight, reasonable movie. Uh, but, yeah, definitely the fact that, like, you don't know that, that Dan- Donnie Yen's character is Trudit and his friend is Baze. Like, you guys don't know that. I know it because I'm a nerd. <laughs> but, like... Yeah. But, you know, you really could have done done with more of that. But I liked, um, you know... But here's, here's, a, here's a thought for you. From the moment that the concept of what Rogue One is was announced, you knew everyone was not getting out of there. Oh, yeah. Like, by definition. We knew in 1977 that nobody is getting out of there. Mm. So the fact that we watched that movie and cared about what happened as much as we did, when we know 100% in every way... What happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we know nobody's making it out of there. Mm-hmm. We know that they get the plans out. We know that you know they <clears throat> lost part of the rebel fleet doing it because that's all in episode four, and we still were like at this point we still were like, <gasps> you know, I mean? like watching yeah. the whole movie and just and just getting into it. So I think you know that that at least serves some. And the fact that they took probably like the biggest plot hole in Star Wars history and made it. An amazing core strength of a plot of a movie i did really like,
2: appreciate that they like closed so that good. plot hole and made it like an important part of what the movie was about that mm-hmm. was really cool
1: true <clears throat> I, I, yeah it was it was so it was so good to see that because it's also like it's also like uh you know you just it's it makes you feel better about the about the original movies, because you're like you're like yeah, I get when people say like oh why would they have such a weakness and like all you gotta do is like shoot a fire shoot a rocket down a tube and the whole thing blows up and I'm like yeah and now I'm like and now I'm like screw you that was totally part of the plan yeah. it was a rebellion thing built it Star Wars is awesome yeah like nobody can tell me shit now yeah that is I'll probably
2: say that is the the biggest strength of Rogue One is that it makes a New Hope better. Which yep. is like pretty high praise, because like uh, like you were saying before, if you go from Rogue One and then like just go straight into New Hope and watch it, like suddenly the stakes are like cranked to eleven. Like that opening scene when the Death Star is hunting down the ship is like so intense because you realize all the stuff that built up to that moment. So like that is probably the biggest uh, yeah. strength of the movie is just just how much it affects the subsequent movie. How do you guys feel about like Easter eggs in the Star Wars movies? I can do without them really did not need to see c-3po and r2d2 yeah in rogue one you know they only put them in there because like you know they have to be in every movie right yeah they're uh, literally in every it, movie it, it makes me think of stan lee um
0: where like now it's like and <laughs> here's stan lee you know see? whereas like if you remember an x x1 and x2 he, you had to find him because yeah. he's there yeah. like he's selling the sunglasses he's and then in Spider Man One, Sam Raimi, he he like saves a little girl from getting crushed, yeah. and it, it's fun. And like, I'm not saying like, oh, it has to be that way, but like, th- I feel like that's an Easter egg. Whereas yeah. now we're like, here's Stan. It's like I actually still love it, but like, I with with C3PO and R2D2, like I was wondering, like, wouldn't it be kind of cool if you had to look for him or something? But I don't yeah. know. That's, that's like that's me. That's an opinion thought. Well, or...
1: they had they had uh, you know uh, K2SO do the. I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> they, they kind too. of. But they kind of, you know, they kind of couched that, and, like, the other people were like, shut up. So, <laughs> yeah. So you know, it wasn't as, it wasn't as bad, but, I mean, the, yeah, definitely is, the Stanley um, thing.
2: Quantity plays a role in that, too, because, like, I'm cool with Stan Lee because there's some history behind it, and, like, it's the only in-your-face thing in, like, every Marvel movie that, like, you're like, oh, there's Stan Lee again. But, like, in, uh, you know, Rogue One, we had, there were so many things that were just sort of, like, dropped in there that, like... I don't I don't know if everyone necessarily noticed but like if you're paying attention like you see the the guys from the cantina that um, Oh, oh yeah. with his arm cut off you <laughs> oh, see I like there. Their, <laughs> the blue milk in the opening scene like there's a lot of yeah. just little things dropped in there it's kind of like after a while it's like okay like I appreciate the attention to detail but I don't need all this. Uh-huh.
1: And and I get you with Rogue One because there was in Rogue One there was so much like legitimate like legitimate callbacks that aren't just callbacks but like visually like i said using all the original film using the fact that red 5 dies yeah. in red 5 dies yeah. and that's then cool. luke becomes yeah, like, red 5 I like, like that. that's cool. like that's awesome like you have so you have enough stuff that you don't have to like resort to fanboyism. Yeah. But I think, I think part of that lies on the writer and part of that lies on the fact that Gareth Edwards legitimately loves star Wars. Yeah. And like, if I, if I, like I threw out, even before they started naming people, I threw, got, threw out Gareth Edwards as somebody who should do like episode nine. Uh, you know, now we've got Colin Trevorrow from Jurassic world doing episode nine. And I don't know how I feel about that, but you know, I I would have, I would have loved to see like an episode level, Star Wars movie because I think uh, Gareth Edwards has shown that even with even with the writing talent that he had that wasn't spectacular, yeah. he made an all time Star Wars movie. I mean that he that he really could take the responsibility in an episode level. movie I would be
2: interested to see what he did with a uh, a uh, a core Star Wars franchise movie. Yeah, because I had some flaws with Rogue One, but I don't think any of them are really Gareth Edwards' fault. Like they're mostly just script based. I always assumed yeah. it was
0: Disney execs at that point. Yeah. Like, I always imagine some, like, and I, I don't know this, but I always imagine some Disney's like being like, need a little bit of that in there. Yeah. Being like, okay. Yeah, that's, that's usually you
2: know? a producer or something. It's like, yeah. oh, we should
1: get that. Put that in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, like the first, the first, I, I know how Gareth Edwards works. I'm sorry if this is turning into Star Wars cast or Gareth Edwards cast or whatever. But like, I, I know how he works and like his entire movies are built around spending the entire time slowly building up to seeing the monster essentially. Like, you know, getting you to Godzilla or getting you to the monster from Monsters or getting you to Darth Vader in a dark hallway. Mm -hmm. So the fact that like they had that earlier scene where Darth Vader kind of is punny with with Ben Mendelsohn and and, you know, that you see his fortress and stuff, you you know, taking and you see him in the back to tank and all this stuff that really like didn't need to be there. Yeah, and it kind of ruins the like. I would love if the first time you saw Darth Vader was him on the absolute warpath in that mm-hmm. hallway. I, I that mean, that's the cl- awesome. That's the closest thing that Star Wars gotten to horror
2: mm-hmm. ever. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I had a I had a problem with that hallway scene. Like, I mean, it was awesome, and I was it was the one thing that I really wanted to see in Rogue One was Darth Vader just absolutely wrecking some helpless infantry that's something that like is shown in the comics from time to time and like some of the extended universe stuff which doesn't count anymore but like you never see him just totally let loose on Mm -hmm. Mm non-jedis and like um so i was really stoked to see that but it was just i thought it was placed poorly in the movie like it didn't have any right being at that spot like the danger is over this is sort of our moment to sort of like you know um relax kind of not quite relax but just sort of like okay our heroes are all dead like now we're you know kind of this we're in epilogue territory and suddenly there's like this extra scene that's sort of like a sort of action like horror it just kind of feels very out of place i thought it would have been better placed earlier in the movie when they're like on the planet and there's actually like the stakes are still high and then suddenly darth vader shows up and like you know suddenly so, he's like oh no now we're really effed mm. you know that would have been a more It'd appropriate make him place like the, for boss of the movie. but of that changed your um you're talking about there, like if we didn't ever see him until that moment, that would have made that moment really impressive. Mm.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's why I think the original plan was. I mean, like the okay, the way I would have fixed it from my armchair in the industry I've never worked in <clears throat> is, um, <laughs> you know, I would have when when Mendelsohn, uh, Ben Mendelssohn's character goes to uh, Mustafar to see, you can, you can send him to Mustafar, you can send him to the Lava Castle, you can send him to go see Star Wars, or to go see Star Wars, to go see (laughs) Darth Vader. You can send him in, but have the little, like the, the robed guy, um, who goes in to get, vader out of the back to tank have him meet Mendelssohn and stop him from meeting vader and kind of brush him off and dismiss him mm. and maybe have that guy fuck with him a bit with the force yeah. and that that way Mendelssohn's still kind of vader's bitch you haven't seen vader he hasn't made a terrible pun and then <laughs> like you're not expecting it but the reason i think that it worked so well the way it did and i really like the placement is uh it's another gareth edwards things where they, they they get the resolution out of the way where like in monsters they're they're at the end of the movie they think they're safe and they've made a phone call and people are coming to rescue them and then for the first time in an hour and 45 minutes you see the monsters the aliens that they're running from the entire thing yeah um and and in that moment like they have what they need The Rebel fleet is fleeing, but the Rebel fleet is stopped in their tracks from being able to flee because Vader's superstar destroyer pops in. That was great. And that is... And that's one of the best shots in the world. So you're like you're like whoo, like you're starting to breathe again. You're like, "Okay, everything's okay. It's really sad those people died." And then you're like, "Oh shit." And it like it's like a hidden <laughs> Yeah. It's 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 that last little bit on the roller coaster where you think you're in the level, you're like on the coast back into the station and there's another drop. And it yeah. just like the fact that it gets you and the fact that it's Vader you know Vader, basically in a hallway from like you were talking about him in the comics, where he's surrounded by two hundred men, and he says, yeah. and they they call out to him, and they're like, "Hey, uh, come, you know, give up, you're surrounded," and he says, "All I'm surrounded by is fear and dead men," <laughs> and it's like, you know, that's so Vader to just yeah. lay waste to everyone in front of him, and I, I so so I feel you, but it's like I'm so glad that was there, yeah, at all.
2: <laughs> Although I do want to go back to uh, the uh, the Vader pun thing. I just want to point yeah. out that uh Vader that's not unprecedented. Vader was pretty quippy in the original movies too. he just did it in like a very dry way. We're just like, when oh, he just like apology accepted captain Nita like that's that's very much like a Vader pun and everyone's like well, like
1: I guess yeah Okay, and now like I feel you know about that when Thank he's you. choking
2: the guy is like I find your lack of faith disturbing like he's always been a little <laughs> bit quippy <laughs> Quippish. Oh, so like literally. I didn't find that off-putting at all like I was like, <laughs> now was I'm happy. Like, oh, I just lulled because you made a dad
0: joke. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Vader made a dad joke. (laughs) Kind of off topic, I I made a joke that uh, I would have loved to see the control room when they were like, when Tarkin's like, fire at the base. And then like the dude hits the tippy top of the base. And everyone's like, "The fuck, man! You missed." <laughs> and he's like, "Look, man, this is the second time anyone's ever fired this thing. You could just fuck the right, fuck right off, right?" You try like, aiming a moon. Yeah, you try aiming I I don't want to hear it. I'm out of here. Like, like, I want, I want to see that like key and peel sketch of of that guy just trying to defend. It's like, I nailed it. I hit the top. They're like, "Yeah, on accident." He's like, "You know what? I don't need this.
2: Okay, I don't need this." And they'd be like,
1: "Be like, you hit it two miles away." He's like, "It's a ten mile radius. What do you want?" Yeah,
2: it's it's hard. <laughs> We're he's still <laughs> dead. Shut up. Exactly. We're going to demote him to the guy who stands uh, in like the reactor tube and has to duck the laser beam. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> exactly. Exactly <laughs> that guy. Uh, oh. man. So I think
1: we're officially a Star Wars podcast now. So, oh,
2: yeah, uh, sure. I mean, do you want to do you want to switch to something else? Well, what's a what's <laughs> your uh... Uh,
1: No, I mean, that's that's probably a good level of level of content for a single episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, cl- closing thoughts um I enjoyed watching Rogue One. I wish I was invested in the characters a little more. But I think the action more than uh, makes up for that. Um, And as well as the uh, the general, like, what the movie does with its plot. Yeah,
1: yeah. and I'm really excited. I'm really excited for more of them because it's just like it's I just think it's because of the weight of the franchise i mean marvel has become a weighty franchise mm-hmm. uh but because of the weight that that the star wars carries historically and the fact that you know you know they changed the face of movies forever uh that that they're really doing a good job respecting and continuing it knock on wood yeah. But, like, I'm I'm ready to see more because I think it's the best. I mean, yeah, we talked about how, how it's the hero's journey and it's, uh, it's these different storytelling uh, cliches, but they're cliché for a reason because they're universal human stories. Um, you know, I think it is the best, some of the best forms, some of the best form of that story. I am too. Yeah. So- I, I'm,
0: I'm just hoping that, like uh, Force Awakens, it kind of does more of its – the uh, well, I guess you could I, I'm I. The only thing I'd worry about with more Star Wars movies is so like using Marvel movies as as a good contrast is, uh, it's once again there's a little bit of the same thing every time, but they still find a lot to invent with them. The my only fear with Star Wars is because of people's kind of like overprotectiveness of Star Wars that they won't try to do anything. I don't want to say different as much as, like, make something. Does that that's make what sense? I was like. Not just actually, remake, but yeah. but
2: make. That's actually exactly what I was going to say is that like I'm excited about what Rogue One presents as an opportunity for the Star Wars universe yeah. and I think it's going to be up to Han Solo movie to really like determine if that's going to be something that's going to you know be able to continue long term because the Star Wars universe as it's always existed is pretty limited like mm-hmm. you feel not really lot there you feel like there's a lot of room to do different types of stories and stuff because it's like a whole galaxy But then, like, because of people's overprotectiveness of the stories, if you try to go too far from the certain uh, formulaic Star Wars elements, like, you know. Or even
1: from the Skywalkers.
2: Yeah. And suddenly, like, you know, there's outcry. It's like, oh, this this isn't Star Wars. And, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, if you stick too closely to the formula, then it's like, well, this is a derivative. So, like, I'm hoping that this was obviously very much a part of the original story, but different enough tonally that we'll be able to see a series of. Different types of Star Wars movies that go off and do different types of things mm. that aren't really yeah, to the originals. and that's why I'm really
1: excited about just the the um, Star <clears throat> Wars story movies as as I am because like we've got the episode movies every two years, but then every other year we've got a Star Wars story. Yeah. And like, yes, for right now, it's hardcore centered around people who are central to the episode movies, um, but things that maybe aren't worthy of episode level movies. Um, yeah. But 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 in the long term, I really think that you get a chance to branch out and have bigger, wider stories that aren't so dependent on what's happening in the central universe. You know, in the Star War in the Star Walker
2: Star Walker Star Walker. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm going back to the original. Um, <laughs> Uh, star killer no star killer. <laughs> uh, but skywalker uh you know the skywalker story yeah i'm really glad to see them be able to expand into into other other areas for sure
2: yeah my my uh synopsis i guess um i definitely enjoyed it you know as much as i criticize it it's more out of contrast because everyone likes to say like oh my gosh the best star wars movie ever yeah I'm like, it's really not but it was still very good um like i said before i'm just uh you know, aside from a few flaws, um, I'm mostly just really excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm really excited that we got a chance to talk about it. I know that's just like we just accidentally did an entire episode about Star
0: Wars. No, I mean it's a good place to start. You know. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah. Did the, the it's a good place to the lay, lay the of tracks of all
1: modern modern sci-fi storytelling. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's a good way to kind of like lay the tracks of what we're like kind of doing with the show. Um,
1: as yeah, as well as but. So. Um, but I'm really glad I got to talk to you guys, and I know that, that we've got a lot of different kind of ideas coming up. Um, we still need to come up with a name. Wait a minute. Graham. Yes. What was, <laughs> what was the name that you came up with for the – I mean, I know we said it might work better on YouTube, but you had a name. Oh, um, uh,
2: oh yeah. So want to do a podcast called Movie Buffs where we just work out while we talk about movies. <laughs> 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 oh, that's great. uh Uh,
1: yeah i like i said might be better for youtube (laughs) or or you could just be like just be be like i really appreciate the francis ford coppola oh my like what you put weight up i mean if we wanted to like (laughs) add a
0: level of like improv to it we could like pretend we're like Gym rats, and then like add in like a light layer of like gym in the background of like people like, <laughs> like weights clanking every now and like and then. like clanking weights and like yeah you know <laughs> really
2: the, do, really the movie
1: people want like clanking weights that movie had some, some
0: pretty good character growth but it needed some gains in its <laughs> plot I don't know if that's that was me doing gym rat I was <laughs> It right, was pretty
1: that's rough, enough. but I couldn't roll <laughs> with it. Right. Anyways, that's enough, guys. I really appreciate you coming out, and I'll catch up with you next oh, time. All right. I'm firing myself. Later. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Goodbye.
2: Bye. Games. <laughs> <brought the> games. <laughs> oh, that was fun.